Hi, and welcome back to the Mentor Cruise podcast. And in this episode, we're talking about the topic of personal branding. Certainly a topic that's not uncontroversial. Maybe you remember something from our very first episode. Yeah, yeah. Personal branding is kind of a cringe term, right. <laughs> but it is, you know, there's some truth to it. And I think it comes down to one side of the spectrum being very against it, like staying authentic at any cost, letting your work speak for itself. And on the other side, you maybe have people overdoing it a little bit and create a very unauthentic and brandable version of themselves. Our guest today is luckily somewhere in between. Anand Safi is a very experienced engineering manager based in Canada. But if you go to his LinkedIn right now, you'll see him being invited on podcasts, interviews, industry panels, being on the board of a startup as well and acting as a coach and a mentor on a variety of networks and mentoring uh, and coaching sites, very similar to Mentor Cruise. So today, let's take the chance and learn from him directly on how we can use personal branding to open new doors for ourselves and also get access to more opportunities. Hey, Anand, thank you so much for joining me. Nice to be here, Dom. Thank you for having me. Before we start into the whole topic of, of personal branding, why don't you introduce yourself and tell our listeners and everyone uh, that is watching as well who you are, what you do. So I currently am a senior engineering manager at Mark 43. It's a public safety SaaS company. I lead our teams currently focusing on our mobility suite of products. Over the past, I think, three or four years, I've been in this leadership and management track. Before that, I spent a decade as a close to a decade as kind of an individual contributor in kind of various roles in the software engineering space. And I originally did my bachelor's and master's in computer science. Apart from that, a, a focus of mine for the past couple of years has been trying to just participate a little bit more in kind of the industry. So whether it's uh, peer networking or just kind of helping people in the industry who are uh, trying to navigate the, uh, I would say, technical field. So I do that in a variety of ways. That is doing a mentorship actually for budding software engineers to kind of new engineering leaders across a couple of platforms, my most prominent being MentorCruise. And along with that, I also am a startup advisor and a volunteer board member. So either helping founders who are in the pre-seed or seed round, finding product market fit or technical feasibility for their idea, and then kind of helping nonprofits who are focused on various kind of causes I align with as well and values to help them with any strategic direction actually. So yes, I do have a full time professional day job, but then kind of the, the things I, I enjoy doing along with that really are the things I mentioned around mentorship, coaching, startup advisory, and then kind of just a little bit of board advisory boards as well. Amazing. That's what. That's exactly why I wanted to talk to you uh, today as well. Because if, if we go to your LinkedIn right now, obviously you have uh, huge accomplishments in your professional career, but there's a huge, huge list of you know mentorship, coaching, board of advisors, uh, member of the the board, and so on. That's really like, yeah, it, it's it's very impressive to see what you're doing outside of work as well. How did that all get started? Like, what was the clicking point for you where you said, you know, I want to engage outside of my day job as well? Yeah, I think it was, I would say like this was not get go like in college or just out of college for the first three or five years. It started when probably I would say I was at a midpoint in my career that I was 
at least a tad bit over this imposter syndrome that uh, what am I doing in this industry or does it even belong here? I still continue to have it in, in kind of day in, day out, even in my leadership journey, actually. But this was when I, I think I found my niche in terms of, okay, this is what I enjoy doing. That is, I love being in the engineering space, in the product development team. And then I also care about kind of building products customer love. So the thing that worked in my favor was always clarity that I wanted to be a customer focused engineer. Actually, I did not want to limit myself only to the technical space and just expanding on the technical track. I also always wanted to do something with a little bit that involved product design or more holistic kind of life cycle. Maybe because I started as a SDET in the QA space and I got really close to kind of the visual uh, testing pieces in that sense. So it was kind of in my, I'd say, second half my, of my engineering IC journey that I realized, okay, I need to focus a little bit on what I care about and believe in, actually. It's a very straightforward path when you're in the technical track that you are a software engineer, you are working towards a senior engineer, and then you want to become a tech lead and kind of that path, actually. So I thought because I probably am a little bit different in my approach on how I approach my engineering, actually, and I don't fit the quite common bill. So I needed to advocate or just kind of showcase the things that I believed in a little bit more, right? So it goes on to kind of what personal branding would mean for me back then was just that I need to recognize my talent and the unique thing I offer to the company and the team, along with the values and competences to kind of showcase them to the outside world, right? There's a thin line between bragging and self-advocacy. I was just trying to realize on how to kind of present myself in a composed lens to kind of my team, peers, and the org on this is why I'm equally valuable as a software engineering fellow, along with any other engineer who might be headstone focused on the technical track and career progression in that sense. I, I think a lot of people are in that in those shoes, right? That they're so deeply inside that technical track or in, in a certain track that it's really hard to to branch out from that. What like actionable steps did you actually take when you, when you took that decision to branch out and maybe you know start mentoring? What was the, the first thing that you did to to get on that path? So I would say the first three four years, as I said, right? Like was, I, and I am also still an introvert. Actually, I might speak a lot right now, but I was waiting to be self discovered. Actually, right? So I thought, okay, people will eventually realize, or my manager or team will realize that oh, okay, yeah, it does not need to be 100% and just progressing on technical architecture in the next room. I was not a bad engineer. I'm still able to do really good at those things, but I always wanted to do my, that remaining 20% time, I wanted to spend in terms of what is the product looking in terms of the roadmap? What is the design team doing in terms of the UX research or any gorilla testing? And does that kind of help fuel my thinking as an engineer on what is coming or what the how the customers might interact and use it, right? So I thought people would get this part actually, but I thought like I was hitting a wall in terms of waiting to be self-discovered, not progressing in my engineering journey. So I definitely realized that I need to be a little bit more proactive uh, rather than just kind of thinking that magically something would happen actually. So I started speaking a lot more in terms of with my direct manager, with my peers in terms of just kind of this is the things that interest me. I also started kind of doing skip level meetings with kind of the head of divisions in terms of this is where I think I can help. So it, it was just, again, not hoping that something magical would come out of that, but at least you see something, you say something kind of mindset that, okay, let me at least put it out there and, and we'll see what happens. It's similar to like you would 
go to LinkedIn and send a hundred strangers a message that give me a job, I'm out of college. It's like, at least within the company, they have seen your work and know you a little bit. So let's just give it a try, actually. I also started practicing, again, maybe a buzzword for most, but thanks to Kim's call is like, I, I did start practicing radical candor where in say my reviews or peer feedback, if people would criticize me for kind of, okay, you could become more technical or why don't you take up on that next big refactoring project? I wanted to kind of just make sure that I'm being candid in terms of, I did not take up on this because I took care of these other three things actually from an engineering standpoint that might not appear as sexy work, but it's necessary actually in the sense sometimes in terms of keep the lights on or just kind of make sure the build is green or just uh, make sure that the, before a customer reports a bug, I am kind of in their mindset and kind of safeguarding in my code to begin with. So I started highlighting those things that kind of where I was spending my time and people could realize actually on what it made sense. And then I over kind of the later part in the final year or so, I started to really have deep conversations with my manager on kind of an actionable plan and timeline on how I could switch my focus to like an engineering leadership and management track in the sense, because that's that's where kind of people thought that, okay, I we definitely think you have a lot more to offer than simply software engineering. Your technical foundations would be immensely valuable. But this was times where I was a software engineer, but I also started the Toastmasters Club at my company, and so does the president. So the communication, collaboration, team building, motivational morale, hiring and retaining top talent, like I would put my hand up first in terms of who from engineering would like to sit on a customer call or a hiring interview, right? Not all engineers would like to say, Wednesday, 3 p.m., when I'm deep down in kind of my Visual Studio code, I need to go attend an interview and come back. I did those things. So we realized over time, okay, this is kind of where I am taking my personal branding and values and belief into a different career track. I'm giving you a five-minute summary, but that was five years in, in, in a reality that kind of was things that now I can piece it together on kind of what it meant back then. Yeah, it, it always sounds like an overnight success, but obviously it took a long time. It sounds like you were starting to build those leadership qualities, you know, internally in your company and, and raising your hand more. When did it start to kind of flow outside? Obviously, you're on a lot of podcasts, you're you're writing a lot, you're working with external companies and, and mentees right now. When did you carry uh, that desire to, to kind of be a leader outside of your company as well? Yeah, I would, again, say this this probably took time in terms of building the patience and going over the fact that it's okay if I fail. And it started with just, again, me being curious about doing a lot of reading or kind of consuming a lot of resources, right? So whether it's a book from Marty Kagan or Simon Sinek to kind of using any motivational kind of resources on how to position yourself as a leader. And the number one thing that probably I think all of that them stated in that regards was lead by example in terms of showcasing vulnerability. So that's kind of where I started in terms of, I think everyone did start somewhere. It's okay if I kind of just am not great at my first talk, but the only way I thought to get better was to, through continual industry feedback. You can rely a lot on your peer and support network or, or do a couple of dry runs with family and friends, but you might not get the same level of constructive criticism or, or critical feedback that you probably will get from the industry, right? So it started with as simply as the, at the Toastmasters Club, I said, right? Like trying to give an icebreaker speech 
in terms of simply things I was most, most comfortable. It was so hard to even stand up in front of 20 colleagues where I was working since the past five years and just say, this is who I am. This is my childhood. This is kind of my journey. And this is what it was. Actually, I took two days to prepare this kind of one and a half page speech. But after that, I thought, okay, that means if I can at least start with either a community that I resonate with, actually, or a topic that I really feel confident that I don't need to kind of search and prepare. Right? I'm not trying to give talks by doing a lot of research on this is the next big thing in tech or this is something totally kind of AI and ML. And I am trying to look at five sources and piecing something together. This is just me being vocal of what I have already experienced and I'm well versed with. So then I moved on to kind of just meetups in New York City and just talking a little bit about kind of little things in terms of testability and testing practices to kind of giving my first conference talk when I moved from a individual contributor to a manager journey. Uh, that is just kind of what was the motivation behind because this came from a direct experience. Right? In my engineering journey, I always thought I want to be a manager. I think that's more pay, more authority. I can hire and fire people, more power dynamics, actually. Everything went kind of down south when I was in my management journey in the first 90 days in terms of the entire kind of premise that is in your head is is way different than what kind of the motivation should be and what the trade-offs would be of that role. So I started speaking about that. And then one thing led to another, actually. So I think the first three to five were really hard, but then the next 25, I don't even know how kind of not easy, but how quickly and smooth they are actually over the past 12 months, actually. I mentioned in the beginning that I think you have a very strong brand, but it sounds like it came from, you know, you just sharing your experience very publicly. Did you ever think across this whole process that you're building this like personal brand and you're, you're becoming like a well-known face or was it just the desire, as you say, to do more than just stay in your lane? I, I would say over the past year, I have had three instances in kind of similar conversations in terms of offline, maybe or off the record, people ask me like, so it seems you do have a pretty set kind of day day role and in your leading teams and you're pretty well worse. Why are you doing this extra thing? What is your end game? Like, are you going to tomorrow say, oh, I have quit that role and I'm going to start my professional coaching thing as a kind of a freelancer or are you going to do something other like, like, so I would be honest that this whole kind of linkage between what I've been doing versus what I consider now personal branding, as people ask me, is, is very recent for me, right? It's the past 12 to 18 months, actually, in that regards. And maybe I'm thinking a little bit more that, okay, rather than me doing 20 unstructured things, I can probably steer my brand towards an area or three to four things actually that uh, I think I really can help the mass actually or work with them actually. So what has happened over the past 18 months, if you look at all my articles, talks or anything is it's jumping from one thing to the other, right? I was going through the transition from IC to management. I spoke a lot about that. Once I was there, I, I realized I should talk about what all things I experienced as a software engineer and the pitfalls. Now I talk a lot about what should you do or not do in your first six months to a year as a manager. Three months from now, I might be in a senior ex or an executive leader and I might talk about what are the things you should do going from a EM to kind of a senior EM to a director or, or whatever that kind of career path ends up being actually, right? So it's only now that I have put out so much kind of material out that I'm trying to go back to the drawing board and see, does it map something to the greater good? Can I structure it in a better way that this is 
Mian and Safi as a person. I speak and connect with folks in the industry through various forums and methods, and these are the things I genuinely care about currently. Up until now, it has simply been if I believe in strongly in something or if I've experienced a deep learning moment in my career, how do I get the message out there, actually? And that's why I reach out to folks. I reach out kind of through my articles on Medium or just kind of through other publications, actually, to just say that, let me get my thoughts kind of concise and put it out there. And that odd comment that might show up on a Friday, 1 a.m. for someone in Philippines saying that we read your thing and it totally resonates, that is a Eureka moment, right? Okay, something is kind of going right on what I'm doing, actually. So that's why this whole personal branding thing, I don't have a great answer because I did not work backwards in this regards. Because I was doing all of this, it is leading to some form of personal branding, which I cannot deny absolutely. And I'm more excited on what I might kind of position myself in the next 18 months with this. You know, I feel like personal branding is a bit, the the whole term is off-putting or off-turning for a lot of people. Is it maybe because of those people that work forward and, you know, try to kind of adhere to the most in-demand things instead of their own experiences that it's maybe getting a bit of a bad rap? It, it can swing both ways, right? It can sound a very commercial, catchy sales and marketing term that you're trying to just get your foot in the door uh, and say that I can deeply help you with this. Look, I have the expertise and experience. And then, by the way, this is the payment, but these are my subscription models. And then let's start talking, which is not not kind of bad, right? I do that. I, I do have kind of platforms where I do get compensated for my time, effort, and money and valuable, right? So that session per hour session fee took, as we discussed, a decade worth of kind of blood, sweat, tears to kind of form that opinion or just kind of best practice to share with someone on kind of what they might do in the situation. There's nothing wrong against that, but I think, as you said, right, that the any form of branding means that you're trying to push your motto forward, actually, which people just need to understand that this is similar, but in a different sense. You're trying to push your values and beliefs forward to just kind of help the industry because you've already been through that journey, right? There is oftentimes less material gains from this sort of personal branding versus kind of any of the commercial branding or kind of any other things that we might interpret in that sense, right? So I'm trying to make a personal brand simply because I can be discovered more actually. And it's easier for people who are looking for these things rather than stumbling upon magically or hoping they do stumble upon kind of what I'm saying. It's easier to build that bridge that they can discover it sooner if I have every single kind of thought and artifact put out under a single umbrella actually or some form of personal branding. Yeah. And in that case, it's also different from a commercial brand, which obviously has the goal to kind of commercially amplify uh, your values to personal branding, which is to to amplify your personal values and just making putting them out there, basically, and, and amplifying uh, what you stand for. Yeah, one one hundred percent, right? Like commercial branding, the, the whole term, I actually was curious and I was looking it up two weeks back. Brand as a term started with livestock. That was simply tagging livestock and saying ownership of property because it's just really common in kind of that farmland to kind of lose uh, kind of count or just know what belongs to us. So it does depend on your intended outcome in the sense like I don't think 
personal branding always needs a logo uh, in that sense. I can I go with my headshot for 95% of the time. But I think from a commercial branding standpoint, if I were to say, right, that I am setting up my coaching and leadership practice, might I might get kind of a little bit creative and set up a logo because it depends on what you want to do with that branding, right? Branding is is now branding is meant to indicate kind of a combination of your message and the kind of kind of offering. So the message might be that I want to help people, but that is not enough, right? In my commercial brand and in my personal brand, I, I can say that I want to help people. That's my mission. Probably where a logo helps is it's just steering people towards a more of like a product-based offering, right? Like I'm offering a suite of courses or master class and you can buy this book from me versus a personal branding can simply be, I'm still doing a lot of ad hoc service-based offering, right? Book this one-on-one with me or just kind of let me help you with an introductory session or if you're really stuck in kind of a, to the point of resume review, I if, if somebody was in dire need, I would gladly spend 20 minutes with them. I doubt if I said this is my academy, then I would be able to kind of say, okay, yes, just this is my calendar link book 20 minutes, right? I would need to approach it in a much more product and business centric way, actually, on how do we make this a transaction versus this can be ad hoc, let's do it. And then the process, let's see if this can be done as a part of transaction. So I feel that if possible, and if you are able to and willing I can also be compensated in some form, but I think for business ones, the focus is a little bit more in terms of driving enterprise value. The enterprise is a very big term for just the kind of commercial branding we are talking about, but it's establishing some form of market presence and value building. And that often is tied to some form of monetary gains, actually. Aside from all the monetary gains and kind of the, the monetary income that comes from a strong personal brand, have you experienced you know other doors and, and opportunities opening up to you since you've gone more public with your work? 100%, yeah. I, I think... The first 10 I had to scout for, it transitioned to then me scouting the next five, and now it continues to decline, where it's easy for people to discover me, right? A simple example is I started writing on Medium a couple of years back, actually, then it, it moved to Vocal, and now there are platforms like Hashnode, Teal Feed, a new one coming out every three months, which is which is great. I, I, I definitely like more players in the market mindset, actually, but all these new platforms are looking at creators actually who contributed in a specific area of expertise where they want to start kind of bootstrap it actually and looking for experts. So I get these very usual LinkedIn inbounds like every week in terms of this is the new platform starting. We have identified you as an industry expert. Would you like to contribute on those things? So that is probably much on an automated mode. Similarly, openly, I would say Mentor Cruise was my first and still continues to be my most prolific mentorship platform. That has caused so much benefit to me, actually, over the past six to nine months in terms of these other mentorship platforms that have come out, actually, because I was able to leverage Mentor Cruise and work with so many diverse and geographical kind of mentor mentees and had the reviews that kind of positioned me as somebody who was credible, right? A lot of people offer mentorship, but to give your heart and soul and kind of maybe even that gets you there, but to really make a difference if somebody takes the time to review you back, just stand out in that sense. So that led me to now being approached by 
cohorts of kind of startup founders or industry leaders or just kind of engineering cohorts to say, would you like to be a judge in our hackathon or would you like to be a mentor for a smaller cohort period of time where you work with just one individual and pair, right? Uh, After a point as I grow in my role, it can sound like this is my job, but this is what I all I'm saying is my 20% time. I really focus hard on my 80% time with my teams and my company. So the I cannot keep up with the continued external outreach and going to the industry, right? So that's why I did that very actively for the first three to four years, chose luckily to with the right kind of partnerships and, and platforms uh, like Mentor Cruise and kind of Medium or DZone or a couple of others in terms of publications and mentorship, that now I can almost hope that I can still continue to inspire and empower the next set of talent and kind of uh, innovators by doing 50% less because of kind of the, the industry reaching out to me. Yeah, it sounds like there's so much coming in, you know, with kind of constraint to 20% of your time. What are the opportunities that you're looking for the most, like in terms of of mentoring or giving talks, doing podcasts? What are the things that you kind of pick out from the masses now uh, that you actually enjoy doing? I would say I I will also like to say I'm I'm trying to definitely embrace writing. Probably podcast as a number one, and writing as the second. Talks are tricky and are third because. Um, that takes real time and effort on my side to prepare slides and content and not knowing, given my 550 to 500 people attendance, what will resonate with them actually. So I still don't have the confidence or I don't believe I can do justice time and quality wise to an industry talk in that sense. And that's why I focus a lot on uh, one-on-one mentorship and podcast, actually, where I have 30 minutes, we're doing it live. I can be much more thinking on my foot and kind of pose my answers rather than to prepare a talk that can resonate with masses. And it will be there forever. Like, I just want to make sure, like, I am still a little bit more expert or kind of uh, credible in my approach to start giving keynotes or industry talks. Actually, I don't think I'm there yet, honestly. So that's why I do a lot one-on-one with people. And I think I connect well kind of on a one-on-one level. That's the feedback I got as well. Like being an introvert, you say like, oh, you don't speak up much in team meetings. You're always silent and observing. You have great insights when you come back and you tell all these great things in one-on-ones actually that this could have been done or this is where we should focus. Maybe that's kind of how I am as a person. I don't think I can strictly choose one versus the other i'll need to do a mix of everything actually but i much more currently till as as much possible lean towards one-on-one mentorship and podcast and writing in my free time rather than talks kind of just a little bit on the back burner basically things that where you can invest your time very effectively and still reach you know a large audience or where you can basically apply your your strengths Talks have a huge impact, but the this, this five, six, ten hours I spend researching my my kind of experience, thoughts, and industry best practices and putting in a talk, still not knowing how it's going to be perceived or whether it has the impact versus trying to help 10 people in five hours of those mentorship sessions, actually, I still, at least I, I personally think that that's a little bit more valuable for now, yeah. Yeah, and, and definitely your reviews and your feedback on, on Mentor Cruise and all those other networks show it that it's a it's a good investment and you're clearly making impact in those one-on-one sessions as well. So 
Let's do a little thought project. You know, you you already were in a leadership position, basically, or you were looking to, to enter that leadership position. If I'm earlier in my career, maybe one of your direct reports, for example, what can I do maybe not coming from a position of authority to to get more of those chances and maybe build my personal brand over, over time as I progress in my career? I would say there are two parts of this, right? One is you are trying to just, just start kind of being more vocal and, and speaking about kind of the things you believe in within your company and your network versus one, you are probably willing to make an industry move to kind of make just kind of a messaging to the masses and kind of seeing that you can work with people in the industry. For the first one, I would say definitely trust your peer and internal company network. Actually, there are ton or plethora of opportunities that you might not even realize. The most kind of Tricky thing in, in software engineering, we say is often, oh, there's not enough documentation. It could be as simple as starting with documentation. If you're able to put the things that you really know and well kind of believe in from the area of your experience or expertise, and you can become a better writer, that translates immensely into when you need to write kind of articles or just speak on these kind of forums in terms of personal branding. So it could be as simple as in kind of your role currently, starting with writing kind of some form of documentation or just uh, kind of asking kind of your peers and and even uh, your trusted network in terms of where do you think I could spend better time actually, right? Peer feedback is a very tricky process. Companies and teams are still, still trying to perfect actually. And even I going through the same with my, my teams or, or uh, anything in general. But if we are able to crack that, I think there is immense value and it amplifies the growth of yourself as an individual in the right direction, actually. So that is starting in, in that regards. And then I would say try for organic growth and patience, right? Like whatever we discussed multiple times, we mentioned that it takes years. It's not days or weeks, actually, uh, in the sense. So I would say definitely aim for organic growth and make kind of... S- material or kind of success in in any form like a secondary thing rather than uh, at least willing to change one process one thing or kind of inspire one individual that's the bare metrics you start with actually and then you'll see the one becomes 10 and the 10 to 100 is really easy in that sense right there are a lot of kind of tools tricks tips and materials actually that can help you optimize, but I don't think that can help you set the foundations, right? We are currently talking about setting the foundation stage, so that will need to kind of be a little bit more through seeking input inwards, actually. Putting in the drudge work, there is no easy way also to set that up. Doing the drudge work and then being patient with kind of just the first time you see someone reciprocate that what you said makes sense. I'm not personally experienced, but I can understand why you were in this situation and you did what you did. Or I did not even realize I was in this situation until you told me and kind of you stated it that way. So wait for that moment. It will come and happen as long as you are putting quality work out there and kind of reviewing it with your trusted network. Yeah, patience is always difficult, especially I feel like early in your career, it's a skill you you learn over time. I, th- I think a lot of people are all, almost scared, but at least worried about, you know, sticking out from the crowd and kind of starting with this kind of things. Did you feel like there were any like dangers or drawbacks of starting with this? Or do you foresee anything that could happen if people start, you know, 
investing more time into this and 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 kind of standing up and speaking up more often absolutely the first uh, danger i personally experienced is the temptation to resist and not overdo it actually along with patience another thing we need to talk about and uh, is consistency right and that is where i'm going i have been in those situations where i feel okay Today is, is Friday, light on meetings. Let me write five articles and then disappear for the next four and a half months, actually. So that is just kind of overdoing it in the wrong sense. Like what exactly what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm maybe too much over the place in terms of five articles on five different things. Or think of, is this thing that I'm putting out a building block towards ultimately some message or kind of a learning experience that I want to share with my community and kind of the folks that I connect with actually. So put some thought into diving head first and don't overdo it actually, just like pace it out in, in good sense. Another very important danger is I, I mentioned that probably start with your safe space, right? Like, okay, you have experienced in this, your expertise, you personally went through this. But again, there's a difference between balancing that versus coming out as a know-it-all or kind of a bragging attitude, right? You don't want your messaging to appear like this is the one single true opinion in the world. Everything else is BS and this kind of doesn't matter. So that whole confusing it with the know-it-all and, and braggingness actually can just can pose a real danger. So trying to be pragmatic and kind of being vulnerable that these are my finite set of experiences might or might not resonate versus we, we say that five things I wish I knew as a software engineer versus five things that will make every software engineer succeed. That's kind of a, the messaging re, reads whole lot differently, actually. And then the last piece, as I said, is definitely try to make this as much values oriented and selfless as possible. Early on, if you start thinking that there is some form of net new gain or material outcome or just a personal branding thing tied to it, you would always be chasing a moving target, right? Like uh, in the sense, so do your best, see what it can shape up to be, right? I just wrote one article on Medium, not knowing that I could speak on podcasts, being an introvert or kind of having this accent kind of coming from the Indian subcontinent to have the confidence to speak to you folks, right? So just let it shape up in any form based on kind of what people in the industry are curious rather than trying to say that this is my set goal. By end of the year, I need to appear on 15 podcasts. No matter what those themes are, I'm just going to appear there and say some items uh, and then work backwards. This is when I feel like you need to navigate and, and kind of find the destination rather than this is my destination and work backward because there are many alternate routes, as you said, right? It could be talks, mentorship, podcasts, doing a course to writing a book in the future, who knows, like whatever that could shape up to be. That's a, a great insight. Overdoing it is one danger, but obviously consistency is kind of the other side of the medal, right? That people actually need to, if they want to invest 20% of their time, they, they kind of need to do it. What's your method or, or technique that you use to stay consistent but also not overdo it i think it is just trying to stick to the forums that i kind of have come to uh, believe that they they continue to inspire and are, are kind of in their sense like there are many platforms that come and and kind of are, are shiny or fancy but after a point they require a lot of upkeep actually i need to do 50 things in order to kind of publish one thing or i need to there are platforms which kind of make me become a marketer in the sense that I need to set up my audience, do my outreach, post this link on 50 places and everything, right? Versus I give example of Mentor Cruise where I have to bring my best self uh, in the digital space there. 
and the matchmaking or the discovery happens because of how the platform is set up, right? That has huge benefit on where I am spending my time in the right direction in the sense. So just the tools and techniques I often rely on where I can spend my time trying to put content and kind of my thoughts out rather than all this setup, boilerplate and upkeep in, in the sense like, oh, you just wrote an article, but now you need to do this 50 things to get it out there and make sure you also kind of do these other things and keep on doing every week. Only then you will probably be at the top of the funnel in the sense, right? In some form, I definitely like doing that and I should also do that. Like it's it's like if I am putting the thought out, I need to self-advocate and kind of do my bid but I would rather spend my time on platforms or, or mediums, right? Like say Twitter or LinkedIn where I can put it out there and then I don't need to kind of spend a ton of time trying to cross post or promote that in 500 other places. The people that care and believe in will discover or kind of my network will resonate with that actually. The other technique is just, I would say, start small. Look at your local Toastmasters chapter if you're looking into public speaking. Look at your local meetup if you're looking into kind of a particular topic. There are so many Slack groups, like for anything that people are interested in engineering leadership or technology, reach out to me. I am on like 15 Slack groups and five that I use the most, which is also a safe space. And they have channels in terms of just kind of peer review, support, feedback, and those kind of things. So use kind of those things where you are establishing a core audience actually in the sense and then you can think about right do not think that i need to make a grand entry into this industry so i'm going to register or submit 10 cfps call for proposals for like industry talks actually you might maybe get in one actually ideally they do wet that you have some form of kind of credibility or past experience giving these but if you're in in there like that's probably your taking too big of a gamble or a risk actually. So I would say start small is definitely one thing that I, I go for. And then I would do say like, I'm talking a lot about the software engineering side actually, but if people are more into a product or kind of off or, or those kind of landscapes in terms of a little bit commercial branding, then Shopify and Etsy and those stores like use built platforms. So that is where I say like similarly to these technical platforms, there are a lot of commercial e-commerce driven platforms that also are important in the sense I'm, uh, it's my personal mission to explore something over the next 12 months to see if I can connect the two, if I can create a minimal product based on these engineering leadership and mentorship, and then plug it into kind of some form of Shopify Etsy thing to just upskill myself on what it might mean to reach a broader audience and, and trying out the whole e-commerce landscape, right? Simply start with quotes of engineering leadership stickers to who knows kind of what else in the sense. So yeah. That's amazing. That was actually my my next and, and kind of last question, which is you've already done so much and, and you know what works for you. What's basically next for you? If, if you're looking ahead, what's on the roadmap? What other mediums are there that you're yet to explore? What are maybe mediums that are just coming up kind of on the landscape? What's what, what's there that you haven't explored yet, but really would really want to? Idealistically, I've seen people from here progress to become officially kind of coach certified and then start their kind of own uh, little freelance practice to the premise of writing a book and everything. So I think that is still very far-fetched for me. I have real life goals or just, I would say, milestones to accomplish uh, in my personal life as well. Just, just starting a family, buying a house, like many of these things. I doubt I can kind of do a complete 180 just, just yet in the sense. So that's why this is this is one where I can proudly say I honestly 
for this particular part, I don't keep a, this is my next ultimate thing that needs to happen, right? There are goals versus kind of, I would say, end state. I have a goal to read more books or I have a goal to speak on five industry leading podcasts or I have a goal to mentor people from diverse geographies or kind of diverse identification, actually, that's kind of the goals. So those are some of the next things that I want to do using my current practices. And I speak about them very kind of openly in terms of anyone I talk to, but I don't have kind of, this is that next one big thing that I'm going to do and put my name onto it, actually. Amazing. So I think that's a good place to end it. Thank you so much for for joining me. I think that was super insightful. Also just hearing your journey from your place as a software engineer, going into engineering management and, and building your brand with it, but also hearing about all the challenges and opportunities you were faced with. Obviously, you're on Mentor Cruise. You're one of our top-rated mentors, and we're going to link your profile in the description and everywhere else where this podcast can be seen or, or listened to. Did you have any other places that we can follow up with you, follow your journey? Where are you most active online? Uh, I would say LinkedIn is kind of my one-stop shop now. I, I do use Twitter and everything, but then Twitter can really quickly mix with world affairs and other things that I'm keeping up with in the industry. And it's difficult to say out of the 20 tweets, three are around this professional thing and six around the other kind of world affairs. So I would say LinkedIn is the number one place where I do cross post kind of anything that I've done in the industry. Uh, and it's really easy to connect. I do also absolutely make it a point to look at every inbound message and kind of respond, whether that's something I can do or I can suggest them or connect them to someone who can help. So we're going to link your LinkedIn as well in the description and then people hopefully can follow up or look at your your journey in personal branding, engineering management and all that you do. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Tom, for having me. It was absolutely a pleasure talking. Thank you. Yeah, likewise.